But people don't just buy the brand. They buy from the person behind the brand. So you think about being in a crowded space of podcasts or standing desks. And when people see the passion that you have for what your product is and how, like I said, evangelical you are or or the real value proposition, and they can hear it and see it from you, the owner of the company or the founder or CEO, whatever your title is, they're going to be a lot more apt to want to do business with you because they associate more from you and the brand than just going to Amazon and buying something that costs 250 bucks. It's purely transactional. This episode is sponsored by Link. Are you someone who passes out a ton of business cards expecting a follow-up? With traditional business cards, as many of you know, they get lost. We are changing the way that we connect with new people. This easy-to-use product is great for anyone. Link offers a line of products that let you share information instantly with the people you meet. You can build a page that contains your contact information, website, social media links, photos, videos, appointment scheduling, custom forms, and more, all shareable with just one tap of this smart device. It's an unlimited-use business card that you can change over time. The possibilities are endless. As an added bonus, if you purchase using promo code EMPOWERINGBUSINESSDFW, you will receive 15% off your entire order. Check the link in the show notes for more details. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am your host, Stephen Austin, and today I am speaking with the founder and CEO of Elevation Concepts. They are dedicated to creating standing desks and tables that inspire a productive, healthy, safe, and active workplace. Scott Newman, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Good to have you here. Thank you. I know the first time we talked, um, you know, what was supposed to be like a 10-minute conversation turned into probably 15 or 20 just because we had just a, so much to talk about. So I'm excited to hear kind of the origin story behind Elevation Concepts and, and kind of your journey throughout uh, working for the man to becoming the man within the mm-hmm. company. So, um, yeah, just tell us your story. Give us a quick introduction. Who is Scott Newman? Scott Newman. So, you know, a proud owner of a Pomeranian. You hear that in the background. <laughs> Working from home today. So, I know my name's Scott. So I started Elevation Concepts in 2016, and it's perfect, you know, with your your podcast from side hustle to CEO, uh, which perfectly fits, you know, our journey and what we did. And you know, yeah, I used to work for the man, so I was an executive with an advertising company. Um, prior to that, um, you know, I was in the armored car business, and we had a company. And so when you, you, know, you work for yourself and you have a taste of ownership and then you go back working for a large corporation, you know, you do go back working for quote unquote, the man and which is great and rewarding and it's safe. And, um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I still had that itch. And so we just through the course of, of, of you know, developing sales team, being a sales coach, um, watching people and seeing their productivity, um, you know, and, and, and doing a lot of training and, and, and trying to develop and cultivate this talent. Um, I just noticed that, you know, you get up and you're trying to coach somebody and you'd go from sitting down and you go and write on a whiteboard on the wall or one of those old post-it notes with paper on it. It seemed like it just disrupted the flow. Um, you know, about that time, 
you know, standing desks were starting to get popular and you started to see them. Um, and so just one day there was kind of that aha moment. And especially because I was sitting at my desk, which was big old ginormous piece, piece of furniture, trying to talk to people and they're like 30 feet away. And I like to, you know, come over here, sit next to me. Let's, you know, let's look at my computer. Let's look at the screens and let's do that. Let's really collaborate. And so then it was like that light bulb came on. I was like, wait a second. It'd be great if you could stand up because people are more comfortable, especially when you're dealing with, you know, kind of a, you know, in, in you know, a, I hate to say it, but like a, a scenario to where, you know, you're, you're their boss and they work for you and people get nervous, especially younger talent, whatnot, but it just didn't feel right. So I thought, okay, wouldn't it be great? You're more comfortable standing up anyway. And I was just kind of a habitual walker or I like to do my, my sales meeting standing up. And I said, wait a second, it would be great if you had a standing desk that you could write on. And then that's really where elevation just the, the idea just started. And, you know, from there, we, we, I started looking around looking for products and it kind of went back to the days of uh, being in the armored car business. And we were, you know, we used a lot of glass and uh, if I wouldn't it be cool if you could write on glass and dry erase glass. Well, then that's just kind of where it all started and evolved. And then once we started down, you know, kind of came up with that initial idea, started, you know, talking to some people, doing research, people that were, you know, in, in, in and around the profession. And then, you know, turned my uh, garage into basically an R and D factory. And that was cool. And so, you know, you'd come home and the thing I, I think that's interesting and neat about the side hustle is, is especially when you get that itch and that passion is you're looking forward to coming home and yep. you're looking forward to taking off your suit, you know, taking off your sport coat, you know, putting on your, you know, putting on your grubs and going out there and, and playing with things and trying to tinker with it and make it right. And, uh, and that's really where it all started. Yeah, I'm, I've always been intrigued, and we talk about this the first time of the side hustle to CEO conversation because a lot of work goes into building businesses, right? And so the mm -hmm. fact that you are working a full time job and then working on this thing, as you call it, tinkering and and things like that mm -hmm. in your garage, you know, it's it's an interesting concept because a lot of times either they'll go straight into owning a business without any type of um, experience there uh, mm -hmm. or you have the opposite of that. And that's kind of what I'm trying to transition this podcast into is taking that side hustle idea and turning it into something like you've done with the elevation concepts. Well, I'll tell you, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's, you know, there, there's some people that just, you know, you meet people and they just have that entrepreneurial knack and maybe they didn't excel, you know, in college, they didn't need college or, and, you know, and, and, the, the corporate world's not for them. And, and it falls really very naturally to people. And, you know, I, I tended to do very well inside the corporate space, enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, too, I, there's just that, you know, I think you look at it and you want to chase that dream. And there's something, there's something to be said about that and about putting a lot of blood, sweat and tears into taking something into an idea or a concept in essence, and then taking it to market. Yeah. And, you know, and, and everybody has a very different, a different path. I mean, we're still, you know, several years into this, you know, especially with COVID, um, you know, we're still in a learning phase. We're still in a growth phase. This is going to be, you know, a year of scaling for us. And so, you know, what I found is, is being able to, to speak and to learn and talk to other entrepreneurs, because, everybody's going through the same thing, but other people might be better at taking something to market. Other people might be better at developing that business plan to go to market. Some people might be, be great at designing and developing the actual product. Some are great in sales. So everybody, everybody possesses a different skill set, yeah. you know, and, and for me, really, it's, 
And, and, you know, and you don't really know all those things. I didn't really know all those things, you know, way back when, when I'm sitting here, you know, in a garage, because you're more, you know, you're more, you're more product focused and developing that right product. You know, so everybody has a different path, you know, to getting there. Um, You know, all the while you're trying to, to manage, you know, however many executives you're trying to sell and you're focusing on your core job because it's hard to manage both, you know, because, and that's the thing that that's really to me. And I have the utmost respect for people that say, yeah, I've got a side hustle or I'm writing a book or in your case, you know, you're developing a podcast because, you know, you're putting your passion into delivering, you know, and exceeding your sales goals at whatever your day job is. But you're also trying to take something that you can take to market. That is your side hustle. Ultimately your goal being, to let that side hustle be your, your main focus. Right. Yeah. You know, when you look at side hustle though, everyone has a different timeline for that too. Some will mm-hmm. work on their side hustle and that takes them 15, 20 years. Yep. Other people, it might take two. So as you're going through this transition, you know, you left your full-time job in 2019. So mm-hmm. at what point in the back of your mind did you say now is the right time? Well, you know, you know, my hand was a little bit forced because it was, it was just time, you know, but, but I go back and, and you know, I, I think it was just probably for me, um, and this is what I'll, I'll share with anybody that has a side hustle, is that when you feel like it's the time to leave and to go out on your own, you got to trust your gut. And I've probably said it a million times in interviews and on podcasts, and I firmly believe that. I probably, truth be known, I probably should have left, left my corporate job probably a year earlier. Um, because it got to a point to where I was starting to develop so much traction with elevation, but I was also so incredibly busy and we were doing due diligence. We were purchasing other companies, X, Y, Z, and we were really growing that it got to be somewhat overwhelming. And so, you know, you can't, when you're, you know, when you're employed full time, you have to, you have to give everything to your employer. And I was very cognizant of that. So everything we did with elevation was a true and true side hustle, but it got to be the point to where critical mass is like, something's got to give. And I think, you know, and, you know, in, in self-reflection, it started to carry over into the office place too. And then, then it was just like, I'm ready. I've got to do it. And, you know, and I think too, that, that that's the one thing that I would say to anybody that's listening to this, that does have that side hustle. And, you know, any expert will say, you know, you need to have this much, you know, this much of dry powder so that you have money funding in place. There's a lot of different things, but I really do believe that you're trusting your gut and your instincts is the most important thing. Um, you know, but once that transition was done, it was like, okay, the shackles are off. Let's go. But then it's like you wake up and you, you know, you, you know, you, you look at your wife and your kids and you're like, okay, you know, why is daddy not wearing a suit today? Well, guess what? This is it. Elevation concepts is it, you know? And so that's scary, you know, that's scary, but it's also rewarding because, you know, it's that, it's that analogy that uses, you know, you, you, you know, you eat what you kill, you know, and you've got to go hunting every day. And I think that that's something too, that, you know, especially in the workforce now is especially with how things have changed over the past, probably five years is we all know it. there's a lot of people that are there just collecting paychecks. And, you know, when you're an executive and you get compensated based on the performance of others, you know, you you know, your hands are somewhat tied, but when you are working for yourself and you're building your own team and you're scaling your own company, 
you know, you get to put in place all the things that you would have liked to have done and put in implemented with your sales team, but you're working for a publicly, a publicly traded company. Right. So I like to consider, you know, putting in those best practices and, and, you know, and that's, that, that's rewarding. That's the fun part. Don't get me wrong. You know, we've made a ton of mistakes, but you know, you look at those as learning opportunities to where you don't repeat them. And, you know, and I, I like to share obviously the best practices because, you know, we're all our own best fan and our best friend. But, you know, very few people look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know what, I could have been a better sales call or I could have could have done it a little bit better with that pitch or, or things like that. And so I think that that's really important in, in that entrepreneur community. The solopreneur is to be able to share what works and what doesn't works because, you know, it's it's tough out there. And, you know, and oftentimes you, know, you do feel like you're you're on an island. And I think that that was really compounded even more with what we've all been through in the past year with COVID in one, in one form or fashion. Yeah. When you're looking at side hustles, though, and I feel like you and I have a very similar personality to where if we commit to something, we are 100% into it, right? And so when you have a full-time job and you're like, I'm giving it my all, and then you also have a side hustle, whether it's very small in the beginning stages mm-hmm. or something bigger, you're also trying to give it your all. So how are you balancing those, you know, your days? I mean, what is, what goes into really giving it your all to both sides of that playing field? That's tough. You know, that, 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 that really is tough. I mean, you know, it's, you're, you find yourself at lunch, just breaking away and trying to get what you need done. Um, but really a lot of it is, it's, 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 it's after hours and it's, it's, it's really, it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears and, and trying to manage that a lot of weekends as well. And, you know, because again, you know, you, you know, most people that, you know, a lot of companies rather, a lot of companies out there actually encourage their employees to have a side hustle um, because chances are it's something that's outside of, of what their scope of work is with their company, but it keeps them sharp. And, you know, you look at things too, as a business owner. So, you know, when you, when you have, when you're investing your own money into something and it's your a man, you're, you know, your Amex or your cash, you have a completely different mindset than when you're working for a company. Like, eh, you know what, you know, sometimes, and we, 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 you know, I've never, I've never been that person, but you know, there, there are people that will take the afternoon off and just kind of cruise on into the weekend. You know, well, you can't do that when you're working for yourself, but back to your original question. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, I went through that and, you know, and, and then I think what happens is, is you start to see burnout. And, you know, and you've got to also take care of yourself and you've got to take care of that. Not to mention, you know, if you have a side hustle and you're married and you have kids and you're, you know, you're coaching soccer or volleyball or whatever it is, and you're managing your personal life as well. So there's really a third component that's in there. So it is a big balancing act. And so, you know, that's when you see it and people talk about it all the time that, you know, it's. The, the more established you get, the, I wouldn't say the more riskier it is, but the more, the more commitments you have. And so you start to see it. So you've got to really do it. And then when you go all in, like what you just said, I mean, it's, you know, your chips are on the table and, you know, you've, you're it, it's WFO time, you know? And so, you know, you can never, there's never an off day. Um, you know, it's, that's, that's really a tough question. I keep kind of going back to what you said and um, you know, it's tough, but I think that when that starts to become, you know, an issue. I think that's where you have to really sit down and look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, something's going to have to give right now. If your company is okay with that. And if a company's okay with the side hustle, chances are 
they're probably okay if you're doing a little bit of that on their time. Don't know. Every company is a little bit different. But I like to think that if you truly are or do have a side hustle, you're doing it off the clock. Yeah. Well, I experienced kind of the opposite of that in one of my jobs where they were very much against side hustles of any kind, whether it's part-time jobs or anything, right? So I do all these side hustles on the side, and it was never – it never got brought up in conversation because it was frowned upon because they felt mm-hmm. that if you're not, if you're doing something extra, you're not putting a hundred percent into your current role. Right. That's true. And then you get into a whole conversation of burnout. Right. So if you have your full-time job, you're working 40, 50 hours a week, you have mm-hmm. your side hustle, you're working 30 hours a week. You know, if you can include weekends, you know, when that burnout st- starts to come in. So in your opinion, as a side hustler, do you think the burnout really goes into effect with the full-time job or is, are you getting burnt out on the side hustle portion? Ooh, that's, that's tough. I think that you have to be very careful about depending on where you are financially, because if, you know, if you're in a position to where you're not generating revenue and most, in most, cha- most cases, you're really not generating revenue with the side hustle, unless you've just struck gold. Um, and you really, you rely on your paycheck, you rely on your bonus meeting your sales numbers and you're, you know, delivering the quarters, um, you know, for companies, but, but you're right. And, and, and I'll go back to what you said about companies that frown upon side hustles because it, you know, most large companies, you know, the HR department really don't know or have a great, they don't, they don't have close relationships with everybody in the company. So you're, you know, yeah, you're, you're a manager, you're an executive and they know you, they know who you are, whatnot, but I can see where that comes from. And, you know, and then not to mention, and in my particular case, I was doing all this. And at the time I was vice chairman of the board of a nonprofit. And then I served as on an, in an advisory role on another board. So in addition to doing all these other things, you know, side hustle aside, I was on two boards, one, which took a ton of my time. And then in my last year, you know, at my, my company before, before I went full-time for elevation concepts, I was chairman of the board. So, you know, and what's interesting is, is how companies look at that and they say, well, okay, if you're on the board of a nonprofit or you're on the a board, well, at least the company that you work for gets a little bit of exposure because you're doing good in the community. But if you have a side hustle, they might not really care about that because they don't have any gain or any benefit from your side hustle other than the fact that they might assume that you're taking your foot off the gas pedal to focus on the side hustle. And I'm, you know, and, and so that I think that that's where that maybe that little level of trust comes in. So I can see it. I can see where that could, that, that could definitely play in. And I think that, you know, in, and if your company is, if your company is okay with it and they know that you have a side hustle, I think that the most important thing is communication and letting them know that, no, this is not affecting my day job because at the end of the day, if you're delivering your numbers, and you're delivering great, you know, results. It's probably not going to be an issue, but they can tell. And then, you know, if your numbers are off, you know, and it might not, might be something that's out of your control. And they know about your side hustle. Well, then they're going to look at that and say, well, maybe this is the root reason. So it's 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 truly it's truly a balancing act. And I would definitely encourage everybody that that, that does have a side hustle that has a full time job is is to make sure that you know everything is above board. And that if, if it does get brought up that, you know, yeah, yeah, I've got a side hustle and, you know, to make sure that, that it, that it's addressed. I know plenty of people that have quote unquote side hustles that maintain full-time jobs 
and they and they do both like amazing. Some of which might be franchise ownership and whatnot, and it's very transparent because they're tr- they're they're two completely different industries. And then that's a different element if you buy into a franchise or or whatever it is. But when you're truly when you're truly developing a product, um, when you're truly developing a product from ground zero and trying to take that to market, that in itself, it's that is very you know th- you can see where you could get overwhelmed and you could get that burnout because that's a lot. There's a lot going on there than just saying nah, I'm going to go buy you know a franchise, a yogurt you know a yogurt store, or whatever it is. Well, the reason why I asked that question is I was on Clubhouse um, and I and I got in a room and. And for those who don't know what Clubhouse is, it's basically a, a different social media app where you can go into these rooms and anyway. And so it was a podcasting room and it was talking about side hustles and how their podcast is a side hustle. And mm-hmm. they were very hesitant on talking to their upper management about something like a podcast being considered a side hustle because most of the time, you, you know, you think I'm going to start a podcast. You don't really know how much work that goes into it. Right. So it's pretty much mm-hmm. like a second full-time job, but their hesitation was how do I build my side hustle without them knowing what, and with everything social media related that I, I need to be present on social media to get this advertising, this marketing going for this little side hustle of mine. So that's kind of the reason why I brought that up because there are some people out there that just are afraid to kind of put that out there knowing the, the repercussions of what may happen at their full-time job. You know, I'll tell you when, when I meet people and, and, and I'll, even when, you know, I was full-time, you know, full-time corporate, when I met somebody that had a side hustle, I was like, that's badass. Good for you. Because I'm like, that's impressive because then it just shows that, you know, they're, they're wanting to learn and do other things. And so I have zero problem with that. Zero, because I'm all about deliverables if you deliver and you're doing what you need to do, and let's say you have a side hustle, whatever it is, um, or you have a podcast, or you know, specifically to a podcast, because you're staying sharp and you're learning different things because you're managing yourself, and you know, and 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 it's it, anybody can have a podcast. We can, you know, but it's the editing and it's delivering it and it's getting out there on social media and, and all forms of media. And, and I think that's great. And so I, 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 I find that hard to believe that they would ha- that they would find that difficult to have a conversation with their manager. So I would say that, that person has an underlying issue with with maybe some trust within that company. But to me, that's no different than being very active on LinkedIn. And, you know, that's how we got connected. And then once we got connected on LinkedIn, you know, just from our, our, our initial introduction, you know, I knew that there was a lot that we had to talk about. And you're right. And I think you could add probably an hour under our 15 minute call because we talked forever because it was a good fit because we share the same interests and whatnot. So obviously, you know, we're two entrepreneurial minded people that that, that that really hit it off. And I find that the more people you talk to in this space, the more things that you do have in common. And so, um, you know, but to me, having a podcast and having a full time job would be no different than being very active on LinkedIn and sharing best practices or putting your own individual content out there. Because at the end of the day, you're promoting your own brand, right? You know, you're promoting your own individual brand. Now it's not for everyone. A lot of people use social media and podcasts because they want to try to find the next big gig, or maybe they want to pursue their, you know, their career in a, in, a, in, in the same industry, but just maybe with a different company or, 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 or whatnot. So I think everybody's case is a little bit simple, but I would not, 
consider, you know, a podcast, a side hustle, unless you wanted to really develop your audience and then grow your audience. And then that becomes, you know, that, that road to me is a side hustle and could something that could turn into something very big because, you know, it, it's amazing just your reach yeah. with what you're doing with a podcast, for example. Yeah, and this podcast is very geographically niche, right? I'm only focused really on DFW, but there are some podcasts out there that can really cater to the audience. I mean, you think about your ideal avatar with podcasting. Some of those out there have a, a target audience of the entire world. So as those numbers grow, you know, you got to try to manage and create that content accordingly with at well, least. Well, th this is the thing too. And, you know, this is the thing that's great about a podcast is, you know, like for me, you know, I started a company and we manufacture standing desks. You know, I had that idea and it clicked and it was a side hustle. Well, now I've taken my standing desk company, Elevation Concepts, and, you know, we're really the only company in our space, which is a crowded space. So I'm, I'm you know, full-time job, side hustle. But think about this. Think about being you know, in a full-time job. You have an idea a couple of years ago. That's a side hustle. And you're doing it as a side hustle because, you, you, you know, you want that you know you've got a great great income that's coming in bonuses are awesome but meanwhile you're watching you're watching as a standing desk space just explode and more people coming onto the scene and you're like you're just sitting there and it's like you know it's kind of that whole thing come on coach let me play come on i, I know i can get in and i can score a shit ton of goals let's go but you know you're, you're you kind of feel safe you know and then you got to go so that's why I go back to saying that, you know, when you, when you get that, that thing, you know, that there's that fire inside you that says you got to pursue it. And when it's time to go, you, you, you've got to go and you've got to trust your gut because I probably missed out of a good year's worth of growth. If I had left earlier would have been riskier, but I think it would have paid off even better, but I don't look back. You know, I, I don't look back and say that was a mistake. I think you learn on, learn on that. But that's what I would say to anybody that's listening to this, you know, is, is that, and you are right. You know, you, you, when you're doing a, a podcast or, you know, uh, the great thing is, is, you know, people get a chance to get to learn more about you. And so if you have a, a let's just kind of just go back to having a, a full-time job and having a podcast, if I'm your manager and I'm seeing you out there, I'm like, man, that's my guy. He's on my team. That's awesome. You know, unless you're doing something that's that's really a conflict of interest, for lack of better words. You know, so it's a great opportunity, too, because you think about this and you look at LinkedIn. You know, not everybody that's on your LinkedIn profile knows that, you know, they, they know that says founder and CEO of Elevation Concepts. Oh, they make standing desks. They're really cool. They use you know, dry erase glass surface. They're made in the USA. It's antimicrobial, all these things. They don't know all that, but there are people out there that will, you know, click you know, hit click on that podcast that you've done and you're talking about your brand and you're passionate about your brand, you're evangelical about your brand. And they're like, man, that's awesome. Or they're, they're like, man, I love that. that I love, you know, from side hustle to CEO. That's a great concept, man. I'd like to be on that. And if I, I mean, and I'll tell you that I've been on a number of podcasts and I've always been able to out of that podcast, say, Hey, you should talk to this person. They might be really good, different space, different story, but it still res will resonate with your audience and who's really listening to this. Yeah. So I think that that's where you've got a great gig is because not a lot of people are out there talking about it unless it's their wife's significant other or their best friends about, Hey, you know, I've got a side hustle. You know, it's kind of like a little secret, 
you know what I mean? But they can listen to this and hopefully they can draw some things that can help them in that journey. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah. Well, one thing about, since we're here, one thing about podcasting is um, that wasn't the origin story for my podcast, but I've learned so much within the year that I've been doing it. And I recently put out an episode, I think it was episode 38, where I talk specifically to the business owners on why every business owner needs to have their own podcast. Because yes. it's simply the way that you can market yourself. You can build your custom audience because if they're listening to you, they're actually interested in what you have to offer. So you're building that unique audience. Um, and I, you know, it just, I didn't plan for that episode until, um, a guest wasn't able to make it. So I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But the whole purpose of what I've learned throughout my journey is podcasting is probably one of the number one ways to market your business, no matter okay. what industry you're in. No, 1000%. And so, so listen to this. And so I was having a cold beer with a buddy of mine, same thing. And he started his own company. And, you know, so, so let's go back to having your side hustle. So you have your side hustle. Nobody knows about it, but you're basically your inner circle. And so right out of the gates, you're doing it in secret. So you can't associate your face with the brand and you can't, you can't do any type of social media promoting your own brand other than liking it. And, you know, and then of course people might catch on. And in, in my particular case, I got found out, I got found out at work and it sucked, you know, and I had to come clean and, you know, it was uncomfortable, but once the cat was out of the bag, now that's another thing. Once the cat's out of the bag, you better start preparing, right? And you better be ready or you better be ready to give it up. But the, but, but the point being is once, once I was found out and people knew I had a side hustle, then I didn't care. I mean, then I'm like, well, they know it. So now I'm going to start associating my face with the brand. But that's the thing. And to your point about a podcast is people will People, I don't know the percentage, I've, I've, I've heard the numbers, but people don't just buy the brand. They buy from the person behind the brand. So you think about being in a crowded space of podcasts or standing desks. And when people see the passion that you have for what your product is and how, like I said, evangelical you are or, or the real value proposition, and they can hear it and see it from you, the owner of the company or the founder or CEO, whatever your title is, they're going to be a lot more apt to want to do business with you because they associate more from you and the brand than just going to Amazon and buying something that costs 250 bucks. Yeah. It's purely transactional. So the more that you can be out there, the better. And you're so correct with companies about having a podcast because it's sharing information yeah. and it, it really, really, really is. And that's something that we're working on right now is launching a podcast um, because you know, yeah, we're in Dallas, Fort Worth, and we want to make sure that we do everything in Dallas, Fort Worth, because this is our home base. So it's white glove delivery. It's the best of the best of service of everything. We, we deliver all over the country. And, you know, the great thing about a podcast or LinkedIn or social media is the fact that there are no boundaries, you know, and it's, it's limitless who your audience is. And so that's really tough. And, and I've talked to many people about that, that have had side hustles and you're kind of maneuvering in the shadows because you don't want to get, you know, quote unquote found out. And so you kind of, but you think about that, the negative connotations from that is you're already starting your business and you're not even 
the face of your own business. It's just out there. And the best way to promote your business is yourself. And, 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 and so I would also say that too, is that, you know, yeah, not every podcast is a fit for every entrepreneur, but when we talked the other, you know, I guess a week ago, I mean, I was like jump chomping at the bits to be on this because man, I mean, this is, I can, I can share with you the roller coaster ride all day long of everything that I've been through. And, you know, and, and like I said, and if there's anybody that can, that listens to this, that can, can take one of the, the best practices or the worst practice out of it and not replicate it, a worst practice, but maybe replicate and do the best practice better. I mean, we're all for the better because, you know, being a small business right now, you know, there's been some win big, some big winners from COVID and some big losers. But at the end of the day, you know, I think that there's something to be said about shopping small and doing business with small businesses because, you know, we're not, like I said, Amazon and we don't have, you know, these surround ourselves with all these people and these thought leaders. So we have to work as a community to help each other out. And I'm very big on that. Yeah. And I think what you were talking about where there were some businesses that, that did really well and some that didn't do so well with, for, you know, with COVID and obviously it's, it's really comes down to the industry, but I think what, what you did and what you have with elevation concepts as a product brand, um, really kind of maybe got elevated through, yeah. through COVID. Right. And, yeah. um, so let's talk about that a little bit. What was that journey through COVID? You know, I know that, and I'm personally, I have one of those raising, it's not like yours. Right. Um, yeah. and we talked about this too. There's a difference between the ones that you have and, and the one that I have here, but yeah. Um, that whole, the whole standing desk industry blew up because everybody's working from home. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and what's interesting too, is it, it's the, the space was already, it was there and it was established, you know, here you are trying to jump into, you know, a somewhat crowded space and introduce your brand. So for us, you know, just kind of, you know, let your listeners know is, you know, we use a, a dry erase glass surface. So you can write on it with a dry erase marker or a wet or dry erase Sharpie. And so, and, and I'm big that way because I like to have that priority list. And, and, you know, I'm looking at a notepad right now because I'm working from home today. And, but if I'm using one of my standing desks, I have everything written down that needs to be done. Um, that's why I like it. Um, it's furniture grade glass. It comes in 150 plus colors. It's antimicrobial, which is great because it can be disinfected and kills bacteria on contact, which is great if, you know, because the workplace has changed. And so two things, you know, going back to COVID, you know, people are shifting and working from home. And a lot of people that maybe had a standing desk at work didn't have one at home. And so it started out being sofa, working on the bed, kitchen, countertop or whatever. And then all of a sudden they needed to have a place to actually work effectively, you know, at home. And, you know, so pe- so that was really great for us is, is doing and supporting people that were working from home because, with our standing desk and it's not something, I mean, you know, I'm going to say it's hundred percent made in USA. And so, you know, we're not bringing these in on a container. And so you're, you're paying for really a piece of furniture and, you know, and so with the color flexibility that we have, it's something that fits into, you know, any place we have a larger size. We have, we have a smaller size. It's good for maybe somebody that lives in the city or maybe they're, you know, they don't necessarily have a dedicated, uh, um, you know, room that's a that's an or for a home office um you know and and so that's great but at the end of the day companies are wanting their remote employees to be productive and to maintain the level of work that they did in the office but most employers 
weren't offering stipends to their employees to have an ergonomic standing desk or chair or you know, monitor arm or whatever it is um, to effectively work from home. So that's really where we stepped in and a lot of others. And I think we did a really good job and that really helped us out for really being a startup kind of going into that. That was really great. Well, now as companies are starting to quote unquote shift back and bring people back in and, you know, that first phase in a lot of companies, especially in Texas, you know, people wanted to go back to the office um, because they work well in an office setting. A lot of people that are driving and commuting an hour, an hour and a half a day, both ways, you know, I call that quality of life. Mm. You know, those people are going to be harder to attract back to the office. So there will be a hybrid as we move forward. And I think too, that companies are looking to at spacing inside the office as well as reevaluating the, you know, the open office concept. Um, and so there will be a hybrid. A lot of companies now are decreasing their square footage of their footprint and maybe, maybe having a flex workspace at, at, at a flex, you know, with flexible workspaces like a Venture X. And so that's something that maybe is a little bit more convenient for people that live up north. And maybe there's another hub downtown or wherever. Maybe there still is a, a corporate office, but it'll be different and it is shifted. So, you know, what, what for, for that type of setting, we do antimicrobial barriers around like the standing desk. So it's more or less a shield. So if you sneeze, it's antimicrobial. So you have that comfort that if you're going back to the office and somebody's coughing or sneezing, they have a shield around them that's antimicrobial. They don't have to wear their mask. It's safe. And with the, with the, the antimicrobial flat surface, it can be disinfected. And, and, you know, that way, you know, you know, is really did the cleaning crew come in? So that's something that's been big for us. And we also are offering different products and just standing desks and we do mobile dividers. So you can create little offices within an open office space. So, I don't like the word pivot, but we've certainly listened to the customers. We know what the needs are that are in the market, and we're trying to shift with them because, you know, the, the new office space will be different as we move forward, and we don't know what's going to happen. We're lucky in Texas because we've been able to manage this better than some states by giving people just common sense approach. But there are other states to where the restrictions are going to be there, and we don't know. And we don't know if there's going to be a variant coming back. So I think what it's done is it's made us – as a whole, like really evaluate that open office concept, um, you know, the integration of natural, um, you know, air open working outside, um, you know, ventilation, you know, et cetera. So we're, we're really in a great position because, you know, we're, we're, we, we can really deliver on the home office, but we also have a really great solution for people that are back to work. And I've really tapped into the flexible workspaces as well, because, you know, you think about that and, like you said, there's people that can work great remote and they don't need to come in. Maybe they do for the occasional meeting. And I think that's awesome because their quality of life is better and their productivity it's shown is actually going to increase working remote because they're not beat having to drive two, three hours a day. There's other people. And I know plenty of them that they need that their office is kind of their work life. They need to go in, they need the support system, even though it's changed, but they rely on that. Um, but if a company is, shifting to a model to where they're going to like a flexible workspace to where people are coming in and out. There still has to be some sense of personalization to that, you know, to where you could really integrate your company into it. And that's where, that's where we come in is the fact that we have the custom colors. We can do corporate logos on our desks or our vertical surfaces or glass boards. You know, we can do things to where 
when people come in, they do feel like there's home and there's a sense of pride for the company that they work for. So I find that really important because, you know, employee retention post and really and truly, I think it's put a spotlight too on employee wellness, mental health, as well as attracting top tier talent. Because in a place like, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, companies are competing for really good talent. And I think now companies really need to invest in their employees and making sure that they have a great setup, either home office setup or, you know, at their actual office. And I, and I feel like we're really in a good position to deliver those in either of those two, um, you know, settings. Yeah, that's, I mean, you, you brought up exactly what I wanted to talk about next was a complete customization and how, you know, these spaces, now that people are coming back to work, they want to remodel, they want to, to change their colors or whatever the case looks like, but you can actually take your product and, and change those colors with the, with the furniture as well. So, I mean, I was, I was going to bring that up and you kind of segued into that, but you know, I, along with the ability to write on the, the glass, you can customize it really in any way you want to. Uh, there's not a lot of products out there that I've seen uh, that can do what you can do. No, I mean, we're really the only player in, the, in this space, which is great. Um, you know, so it's awesome to be able to talk about it like this, but I think that's really neat. And, and what customers like the most is when they come in, it is that customization. And, you know, we try to really take, and, and we do free, we do free consultations, you know, in, in DFW and, you know, and, and so we have a really nice design studio where people can come in and they can see it, feel it and touch it. Or, you know, if we go and meet with them in their office, we can take it. And then we generate, you know, CAD drawings that, that show the actual logo. And I'm thinking one project specifically we're working on and they flew in town this week and we had their logo on some colors for the project. And when they, they came and they started looking at different samples one particular color that was that was that I had out for another project. They're like, we want this, so we completely stopped the order before before we, we put in the purchase order. Read it all the colors, read it all the schematics, just send it back out to them, and then we'll place the order tomorrow. So that's that customization, and you know they wanted they they wanted to really have that color pop, if you will, and something that was really neat and personalized for their office because they are investing that money in a brand new space. They're downsizing because of COVID, but they're investing in their employees because they want something that's going to look nice. That's going to last for 10, 15 years. And that's what we're doing. You know, we're not, you know, this isn't something that you're going to buy that's going to last for a year or two, then you're going to have to redo it again. I mean, we, you know, we put that, we only use the best products and can't say that enough. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for the, for the audience, do you want to, uh, mention your website that they can go to and check out yeah. all of the uh, all of different cu customization colors and all of that. Yeah, our webpage is elevation-concepts.com. That's elevation-concepts.com. Um, you know, if you're on LinkedIn, we're Elevation Concepts on LinkedIn, and then on Instagram, we're at Elevation Concepts. Um, you know, and again, so if you want to learn more about our company, uh, definitely go to our webpage. Um, it's e-commerce friendly. Um, we're actually in the process of, of, of re redesigning and, and building a brand new e-commerce webpage. We've already outgrown the current page that we have specifically to, to where we're going to have an integrated tool to where it's a 3d builder to where you can actually build it and customize it and see the colors change. 
um, and you know, integrate AR technology to where people can actually take a picture of what the desk would look like with the custom colors in their space. I think that's huge, especially for people, you know, in the home office space. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're excited about that. Um, you know, we're active on LinkedIn on our Elevation Concepts company page. Um, and then with, you know, Instagram at, at, you know, at the at Elevation Concepts, you can really see some of the glamour shots and see how kind of quote unquote pretty the product looks. So that's where to find us. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for the listeners, I will link all of that information in the show notes so you can quickly access that and check out all the good stuff they're doing over there. Uh, as I wrap up, uh, there are a couple questions I want to talk a little bit about just entrepreneurship in general, right? You talked a little bit about the roller coaster uh, <laughs> of what you've been through, right? And I think sometimes the word entrepreneur can be thrown, away, thrown around in so many different ways, right? I mean, mm-hmm. in your opinion, what Give us the give us the truth about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Well, you know, I, I did a I did a podcast a couple months ago, and they asked the exact same question. The answer that I gave was 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 kind of compared it to being an infant because everything is kind of life or death, you know, because they they really don't know, you know, everything is just it's it's a cliff. And I listened to that, and I was like, God, that sounded so stupid. But it really didn't because it's it's really true, and you know that from having kids, you know, because they 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 can't really rationalize certain things, and and I think that that is, and, and you know that roller coaster I think is probably the best example because, you know, when you're when you're an entrepreneur, you know, obviously, you know, you, the wins are great, but the losses are huge, and it's to not necessarily take everything so personal, um, and what I always like to say is is. You want to be able to have, uh, you know, I like to say just positive trajectory like this. And, you know, the thing that's tough about it is, is you might have the best business plan in place. You might have this in place, but it's no different than having to reschedule this call. I had something that was just mission critical pop up that I had to do the day of our original podcast. And so some days are just perfect. They're walk-offs and it's like, God, how can it get any better than this? And you want to build on that. How can it get even better than this? But the reality is, is what do you do when something happens and it's maybe wheels off, you know? And so it's really maybe keeping your emotions in check and really trying to manage expectations accordingly, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not life or death. Yeah. But you tend to, but you tend to put your emotions at an emotional roller coaster. And what happens is, when you're trying to scale your team as the leader, you know you've got to have a mindset that just does not waver. And you are seeing the course, you're seeing where you're going on the journey because your team that you have that works for you, they tend to pick up on your personality and the way you know your personality influences the way the team performs too. And so you got to have a good poker face too, because they don't need to know everything, but you also need to have a really good internal support system. a la your significant other, in my case, my wife, because she's really the sounding board to what's going on. And it's like, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, but you also need to make sure that you surround yourself. This is something else. And not a lot of people in general that are in management or entrepreneurs, want to associate or surround themselves with people that are smarter than them because they want everything to be their idea. Man, that is not me. And if I can find and surround myself with people 
that know more about me. I want to be around them because I'm going to learn more from them and it's going to help me to do and play more to my skill set because there's plenty of things that, that I, I do great at, but there's plenty of things that I don't do so great at or excel at. So that's why I want to have people in that space that are that are industry leaders or super good at it. Yeah. So that, that's a bit of advice that I would hand out. I mean, they say, you know, tell me who your circle is and we'll tell you what your future looks like. Right. Good point. The, the, Great pe- point. the people that you surround yourself with um, is one that is either going to guide you through the process or, or hurt mm-hmm. your hurt your vision or what you what yeah. you envision yourself to be. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's that couldn't couldn't have said that better. Yeah. So uh, final question, you know, a lot of times when you look at the word success, um, it can be thrown around different as well, like entrepreneurship and success mm-hmm. kind of go hand in hand, right? And to an extent. So how does Scott define success? Oh, great question. Uh, how do I define success? Or what, um, in your opinion, what does success mean? What is successful? How, how do we know that Scott's successful? Gosh, I, I feel like success is something that, you know, you kind of build upon. I mean, you know, some days, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe success might be having a great sales call, you know, um, success the next day might be, you know, delivering and installing a product and your customers like, Oh my God, this completely exceeded our expectations. So I think that success is something that you have to manage, you know, and I think that, everybody determines success or win a little bit differently. I've always said that, look, if you're not having success and you know, you're not closing a deal or maybe the business didn't come in, we'll create your own success, get hit by a pitch, just get on base, you know, and and getting on base is good. You know, um, you know, also too, and we'll note that, that, that my wife has for me is, are you happy? And you know, it's, if you're going to be in this journey and you're going to be an entrepreneur, well, there was something that, that got you in this business to begin with. And it's to be happy on the inside and to create financial freedom for yourself and for your family. Um, you know, and so we, you can't look at, you know, you, 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 we've talked a lot about, you know, taking the side hustle to becoming a CEO. And we've talked a little bit about some of the struggles that you have, but you also have to look at, at the things that are also byproducts of being an entrepreneur is financial freedom. It is working for yourself. It is the quality of life of being able to take your kids to school, um, to do certain things. Um, you know, I, I think that that's really at its root where you know that you're successful and in, in seeing also, you know, what other people see of how you're doing. And, and a lot of people will tell me specifically, they're like, you know, that haven't seen you. I'm like, man, you are not the same person you were two years ago. You are a completely different person. And I do feel like I'm a completely different person for that in itself. I feel very successful and very grateful and I'm big on gratitude. And that's something that I've had to really learn to embrace is gratitude. So when I, and, and you know, a lot of people will put that out there and you see it a lot, but it's true that when you wake up and then, you know, you show your gratitude for what you're grateful for, that really helps you put your best foot forward you know, every single day. And then I, I think too, that, um, you know, that, that to me, you know, really, really, really sums it up. But then it also makes you want to work that much harder because you want to be able to be and make that much more money to grow your company, give people an opportunity to experience your journey, be a part of it. Um, and so I think that's really, really, you know, where, where we're headed. Yeah. 
No, I love that. And I think if you, if you ever get to the experience of, um, am I successful? Am I happy? You always got to think about the original reason why you started what you did, what you're doing. Why did you start that? What was your passion for that? And then that is easily, uh, it'll easily kind of creep back up. Like this is why I started it. You know, I think that's, that's really important. And I think that that kind of plays, you know, like, whereas, uh, you know, earlier in the call, we, you know, we talked a little bit about self-reflection after a sales call. I think that that is where, you know, you kind of go back out there and you, you look at it and you look at that and you're like, you know what, it all started because of this. And this is where we are now. And, you know, we're, we're just, we're still doing this, you know, and we're still, we're still learning things every day and trying to get better but we're trying to do it, do it the right way. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that that, 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 that can turn into being really hypocritical if you kind of get caught in this cycle to where, you know, you're not, you, you go back to a corporate, you left, you left your, your, your day job for a reason. So, you know, you owe it to yourself to give this just as much and then plus, 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 yeah. um, you know, and that's, that's certainly that I, that I try to do. And I, I personally hold myself to very high standards um, and, you know, and I continue to do that. So, um, you know, again, you know, you're, you're your own worst critic and you're also your own best cheerleader. Yeah. And there's gotta be a little bit of a, of a, of a balance, you know, between those two. And I think that self-reflection and gratitude are two big components of kind of keeping yourself and staying the course. Yeah. Well, man, it's been fun chatting with you. Thank you for uh, joining me today on this episode and thank you for sharing your story your roller coaster of a, a story and journey don't through entrepreneurship that. don't say that no roller coaster here <laughs> no i'm just saying i'm happy for you congratulations on your brand on your company appreciate um, it i can't wait to see what you're doing five ten years from now because uh you know knowing your brand uh, there's gonna be a lot of great things that come out of it so kudos cool. to you all right buddy thank you that wraps up this episode of the podcast and thank you for tuning in this week if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe so you get notified when a new episode releases every week and if you are a visual person feel free to check out the youtube channel do you want to be a guest on the show if you do send me an email to empoweringbusinessdfw at gmail.com and as always thank you for listening stay well and god bless